We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 10% discount to Rotoviz by using the code RVRADIO2022. That's RVRA. DIO2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. Welcome in and happy Tuesday night. Happy no bye weeks this week here on the uh, Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. I am Eric Balkman from the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, the Better Sports Network's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show. Welcome in. Follow me on the X at Eric Balkman. Connect with me there. Uh, you can also follow the FFPC there at FFPC. Speaking of the FFPC, want to remind you that just because uh, we are in the midst of late October, it doesn't mean you cannot enter more contests with the FFPC. And one of those contests is the FFPC Weekly Challenge. Uh, go to myffpc.com, myffpc.com. And then uh, when you're there, just click on that FFPC weekly challenge graphic, and then you can enter. There is no draft. You don't have to wait for 11 other people or whatever. There's no salary cap. You don't have to worry about balancing your budget at all. You just pick whatever players you want. You got to choose 10 of them if you're going to play without kickers and defenses, 12 of them if you're going to play with kickers and defenses, buy Sunday's kickoff, and then you just enjoy the ride the rest of the weekend. Now, the slant here is you can only pick one player per team, so you can't make stacks. No Kelsey Mahomes teams, no Kirk Cousins, Jordan Addison teams, nothing like that. Uh, so you got to make sure that you have one player per team, just like our world-famous FFPC playoff challenge. Uh, remember, you can enter for as little as $35. You can play uh, for as much as $2,500. There's 10 teams, 10-team uh, games, 30-team games, and 100-team games as well. Remember to uh, like, and that's, by the way, myffpc.com, myffpc.com. 
Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on the video, share it with your friends, share it with your enemies, share it to people you don't know. Maybe not. Actually, don't do that because then that gets into the whole spamming territory. Make sure you know the person that you're sharing it with and then get notified by clicking on that notification bell so you know anytime we go live like Tuesday nights during the season, like Thursday nights during the season, like Friday nights during the season. That is what we're doing here on the FFPC social channels uh, via Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. want to welcome in my guest tonight. Welcome back to the show, actually. He is a winner of 17 FFPC high-stakes leagues, uh, uh, winning uh, you know five figures at least, maybe even six figures. I haven't totaled it all up. Uh, he is in the chase for a $1 million grand prize, both in the FFPC main event and the Fantasy Pros Championship. Has a team right now in the top 70 in the Fantasy Pros Championship. When you consider how many thousands of teams are in there, uh, that's exciting. Uh, so we're going to bring him in right now. You already follow him on the X machine. Please welcome back onto the show, Ray Chung. Ray, welcome in, man. Hold on. We, we don't, I, this is why, this is why I should have popped on. We don't have, I can't hear you right now. No audio. Okay. Try it again. Nope. I think I got you now, Ray. Okay. There we go. Perfect. You're the man. Uh, welcome in dude. How's everything going? Really good. Yeah. I'm in my, uh, apartment in New York. Just moved here from Hong Kong last year. So it's been an, a little bit of an adjustment. And, uh, and and I think that uh, one of the things that helps you keep your mind off moving and everything new is playing in all these fantasy leagues, of which you're in a ton this year. And it seems like you're doing pretty good in, in, in most of them. Obviously, I just mentioned it, team in the top 70 in the Fantasy Pros Championship as well. Thank you. Yeah, um, it's been a lot of fun um, just trying to, like you said, just trying to pass the time a little bit. Um, I wasn't able to make it out in Vegas this year to see you guys or in Kentucky, but I'd like to go back next year. Yeah, I'll be there. It's and it's always a blast for sure. Coming right. up on tonight's show, uh, we are going to talk a lot about some rookie receivers. Uh, we're going to get into uh, Michael Mayer as well uh, in his role in redraft, and then Ray's going to tell us uh, who he's targeting on the waiver wire this week, as well as who he's thinking about benching and starting in his week eight lineup. So let's get into it right away, Ray, and 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 talk with you about um, kind of what we saw last night in Minnesota. Uh, you had a case where uh, Alexander Madison started the game, got a lot of action in the first quarter, was stuffed on two goal line carries. And then over the course of the game, we saw a lot of cam anchors. We even saw some Ty Chandler to the point where I was like, I, I got to check to see if Madison's hurt here I, because I didn't see him at all. And then he, he was in uh, late in the game. But when you consider what Minnesota did in making that trade for cam anchors to bring him aboard, he's been there now a couple of weeks, maybe even three weeks. I can't remember exactly. Um, but I wonder if, if you're seeing potentially – uh, a change from Alexander Madison as the feature back for the first part of the season. Maybe we're going to see Cam Akers as the feature back for the latter part of the season. How are you reading this Vikings running back situation, man? The way I see it is you can't have anything to be too excited about. I don't think the Vikings know themselves either. So, um, you know, it's, it was like kind of a hot hand situation. Like you said, sometimes it's going to be Madison to start the game probably. Right. And then mm -hmm. they're going to have Akers in there. And Chandler can catch the ball. Like, uh, I think they had a trick play, right? Was it like Osborne? Um, someone someone got called on an offensive pass interference. Uh, Addison, I think it was Addison that threw across the field to Osborne. And right. I didn't really, I mean, I saw the pass interference. I, I thought you actually had to be near the ball for it to be pass interference. This dude was like 15 yards downfield. And it, you're right, I think it was Osborne that was blocking on the play. Um, it, it, like way downfield. It didn't make any sense that they called it. But to your point, Ty Chandler is, is a talented guy. Sure. And I think, uh, you know, you were talking about the waiver wire before. I wouldn't necessarily 
you know, be that excited about Chandler, but he's definitely someone you want to watch. Like preseason, remember we were drafting all those teams, whether you're doing mock drafts or like, you know, a lot of people are max entering underdog or, um, you know, $35, $125 max entry, right? You're doing, we don't know. So my theory was, okay, I'm not that excited about Madison. I don't think Dalvin Cook's going to be back, right? They, and then, you know, he was caught. Then we're just taking shots. Was it Dwayne McBride? It was apparently not. But right. is it going to be Ty Chandler? By the end of the year, he might still have, get a shot. So right now, you kind of have that. I know we're already like seven, eight weeks in. But you still want to take shots. And he, he's not going to be that expensive on the waiver wire, like we were saying, right? Right. So like I said, it's, it's going to be a hot hand situation until they figure it out. So would you advise, I mean, like, I know we don't have any buys this week, Ray, but when you consider looking forward here, if you can handle it, is Ty Chandler a guy that you want to keep on your roster, even though technically he's third on the depth chart right now? Not necessarily, but if you have some room on the end of your bench, and I know we're trying to get ready for, you know, the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Some of us need to win every game from here on out just to have a chance, right? You know, we're looking at our portfolios. Not every team is going to be... 7-0. Seven and zero. Not every team is going to be six and one. You're not going to be top in the standings. So you're just trying to eke out every win. But on those teams where you know you're a little bit better prepared, you don't have guys that are injured, and you know you brought it up on the show sheet. Uh, you you sent me the show sheet earlier. You want to talk about Quentin Johnson? Mm-hmm. Would you rather have Quentin Johnson right now, or would you rather have someone like Ty Chandler or like a Pierre Strong? Right? Like we see Pierre Strong, he might get his shot now. I think, uh, and and that's a, that's a, and we'll get into this a little bit when we bring up Quentin Johnson because I think you hit on something that I want to make sure we touch on before we get there though. My Green Bay Packers, Ray, holy God, um, I, I, you know, I, everybody always says, "Oh, you're a Packers fan, Balky. You've been spoiled for thirty plus years of great quarterbacking." And I knew it was going to be rough this year. I did not think it would be as rough as it was against Las Vegas and Denver, as far as everybody on Green Bay's offense. Um, you know, just putting up a, a a clunker for fantasy purposes. And when you consider that the Packers played two of the softest defenses that they will play for the remainder of the season in weeks uh, six and eight, they had the bye week in their week seven. They had a bye week to prepare for Denver, and they still couldn't put up any points in the first half. Um, when you consider all that, is there anybody on the Packers worth starting in fantasy right now? I mean, I'm still going to roster guys like Christian Watson and, and Aaron Jones, obviously, Luke Musgrave, obviously. Um, but but as far as starting them right now, Ray, I, I mean, I, I don't see any upside here. Do you? Um, I think Aaron Jones, you know, he's going in the you know round two, round three, right? You're probably yeah. in a position where you need to start him. And I think they're going to ramp him up because he was, you know, battling that injury. Uh, was an ankle before, and he's probably still going through it, right? So you know, we he, it, it was a ham, hamstring. He pulled his hammy week one, and right. the Packers staff has been really, really cautious with him. Sure, and and the Packers traditionally have been pretty cautious with their players, mm-hmm. right? So okay, you have AJ Dillon in there. You had Patrick Taylor in there for a little bit. They're not doing anything, right? He's, right. he's giving getting like four four yards of carries, getting what's there. Um, Aaron Jones, you're going to start him. That, and that's the question here, because as far as as far as it goes, like I'm wondering at this point, Ray, if if we're going to see Aaron Jones getting a full complement, a full workload, like mm-hmm. we've been accustomed 
for for him to to be getting for fantasy. I'm wondering if he even gets that the rest of the way. They they are so ticky tacky and managing this workload. And quite frankly, even when he was in there, the offensive line has been so terrible for Green Bay. Um, they could they couldn't make anything happen for Jones. Dylan, I thought was was all right against. In fact, I thought he was good against the Raiders and Broncos. So the the offensive line is coming together. But again, when you consider the soft opponents. Um, that they faced. I don't know if it gets much better. Green Bay gets Minnesota this week right. at Lambeau Field. Minnesota coming off the short week. I mean, I, I yeah, you're right. I probably will start Aaron Jones, but my God, I have no faith in him whatsoever. Not only him, but you're definitely going to start Christian Watson. Really? He you think so too? He, was, he, he had his huge game against the Vikings last year, right? He had uh, that long touchdown. Yeah. He had two touchdowns. Went over 150 yards, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to sit someone like that. Romeo Dobbs, he could have had two touchdowns um, versus uh, Denver. And Jaden Reed, he caught that ricocheted ball, right? So for the yes. touchdown. Yeah. Total so, dumb luck. Right. <laughs> so at least he's aware. At least he's out there. But yeah, you, like you said, uh, you're not going to be excited about Dylan. I think he gets a smaller workload this week. And Musgrave, he has no touchdowns on the year. Whenever you're streaming a, touch, um, a tight end, he went as high as maybe the ninth round. So, okay, you're probably going to take three tight ends there. I hope you have a better option this week. And we'll talk about, you know, who you can pick up later. I think there are some options on the waiver wire that you might want to consider this week to start over Musgrave. I think the other thing, too, is um, Watson's injury status. Like, we have to be watching that, Ray. Um, there, To me, given, again, how cautious Green Bay is, I think, and, and this is, I don't know if this is hot takey or not. My guess is Watson does not play this week um, because of that knee injury he sustained right at the end of the game. In which case then, okay, and Musgrave is another guy too. Musgrave, forgot, I don't want to turn this into a Packers thing, but Musgrave is a guy who's already battled a lot of injuries this year, Got uh, came back from a concussion um, uh, a few weeks back, and then he gets absolutely annihilated by Kareem Jackson in that game. Kareem Jackson, who, by the way, um, got um, uh, a four-game suspension for that hit. He just appealed it and um, got uh, uh, down to two games. But Musgrave, I'm thinking, okay, this is another concussion for him. He left Denver in a walking boot. Oh, hmm. my God. So so I don't know if he's going to be playable. I, I think that's you, – you hit on all the upside portion of it. The question is, are they going to be able to do it against Minnesota? I have misgivings. I'm glad you're positive about it. I am not positive about them right now. I'll tell yeah, you, you else. You need ahead. someone. You need someone to give you a little confidence. I think, you know, did you watch the um, locker room stuff and the the post game interviews and all that? Um, no, I, I. I mean, I've seen some of it with Lafleur. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, whenever you get your ass kicked, right? Um, mm-hmm. You're gonna try to make some changes. They're gonna try change the game plan a little bit, make a statement, and I think they're gonna try to make a statement against Minnesota. You know, division rival. Right. But and, and Minnesota, I mean, they looked I mean, I thought they looked great last mm-hmm. night. I, I thought mm-hmm. they were fantastic. And um, uh, I, I mean, I don't want to say it's going to turn into a bluff. Maybe that's good, because if the Packers get down early, Jordan Love and the Packers offense seem to come alive in the second half and maybe they can cobble out um, some some fantasy worthiness there. I don't know. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it? Well, I know from personal experience and currently using the BetterHelp service that I put off starting therapy for many years until early 2023 when I started therapy with BetterHelp. And for a long, long time, I didn't know all the things that were holding me back subconsciously, consciously. But with my therapist, I've been able to come up with positive coping skills and being able to understand why I felt the way I did about certain things, certain situations, helping me to understand, accept, and enhance my life and my day-to-day experiences. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. I was matched with my therapist. We clicked straight away and we've got on fantastically. But if there's any reason you'd want to switch therapists, you can do so anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash rotoviz today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash rotoviz. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Let's move on um, and and talk about uh, the Browns running back situation. We wanted the guy behind Nick Chubb. It ended up being Jerome Ford. Now Jerome Ford, I think it was Adam Schefter is reporting that he's probably going to be missing a week or two. Um, Mm -hmm. And now we got to figure out who we're starting with for a Browns running back. The Cleveland Browns this week are playing um, – um, 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 who are they playing? At Seattle. Um, now, that's a game that it could be a, a, a slobber knocker, could be a knockdown, uh, drag-out fight. Um, so we probably want the running back in that situation. Could probably be a top-20 guy this week. Mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt or Pierre Strong, which one are you going with this week? Well, during the draft season, I had so much Pierre Strong, right? And back then, mm-hmm. he was with the Patriots. And in that situation, you're always – I know you've been talking about it so many so many years, 
just take the cheapest guy on the Patriots backfield. Right. Whether and you know it's not going to be Stevenson. He's he's been a silent killer, as Karain would say, right? Mm-hmm. You got to take him in the third round, fourth round. Ezekiel Elliott. Um, no, get, getting the red zone work. But back to the Brown situation. They traded for this guy preseason. They didn't give up much. But Kareem Hunt, okay, if we look at that last play versus the Colts, he called for the ball, he got the ball, and he was going to get in there no matter what. Like, if you're a Browns fan, you're so psyched up about that. Right. If you're Kareem Hunt, there, there's just some guys that have that dog in them, and I think he does. I'm not going to start Pierre Strong over Kareem Hunt. But I actually had a team where I have both guys. I don't remember what I did exactly, but I think Hunt is the guy. He might even be the guy over Ford when he comes back. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, okay, let's let's talk about this. If let's say you don't have Kareem Hunt, let's say he's taken or whatever. Um, is Pierre Strong flexible? Like, is is he startable as a flex in the FFPC, even if you believe Hunt is the guy? Um, is that is that a, a path that you would say? would be all right or semi-advantageous, or would you just stay away completely? I wouldn't be too excited about it, honestly. There's lots of those zero RB teams. That's how we draft, right? Pierre Strong's out there in probably 90% of leagues at least. You want to get eight points from someone as a desperation play, you, you might get that because I think they're going to go run heavy versus Seattle. That, um, that rookie, uh, you know, um, Witherspoon, right? He's yep. playing lights out right now. And it's just... You don't know if it's going to be P.J. Walker. You don't know if it's going to be Watson, but whatever. They're not throwing it that well. They're going to try to run the ball, control the clock. They have a good defense. That's how they're going to play. I think, um, I, you know, it, it, we'll follow it throughout the week, but I think you're making a good point here. But And I happen to agree with you on Hunt. Like, I was – I think that there's going to be certain people in the FFPC this week that go – because Kareem Hunt's owned in most every league. Hmm. But, they're, but Pierre Strong is still out there in some leagues. And I think there's going to be people going too heavy into Pierre Strong this week, and they might be disappointed with with the outcome um, in Seattle on on Sunday. We so, see this every week, right? Oh, you know, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, Marcado I mean, before, and then we, we uh, get Roy Zach, Zach Evans was another yeah. one. I mean, like it just it, it, it happens. Now people are going to shoot their shot, and maybe right. you got a bunch. Maybe you have like eight hundred some bidding dollars left. Well. You know, then you got to take your shot here and start and start planting a flag on some of these guys. So I think there's something to be said for that um, as well. Let's um let's talk. I want to get into some of the players that that you have on on a lot of your teams. Okay. Now, uh, Kendra Miller uh, is, is I know you have him in a bunch of leagues. Jamal Williams came back from IR. I don't believe Miller touched the ball on Sunday. It was the Camara and, and Williams show. Um, we talked about Ty Chandler earlier in the show about trying to keep a player like that who is a third-string running back on your team, on your roster. We can't always do it, right? But mm-hmm. what about Kendra Miller? Is this a player that you would be more likely to try to find a way to keep him as that 19th player, that 20th player, because if something were to happen to Kamara or Williams, who are not young by NFL running back standards, um, then all of a sudden Kendra Miller has a role on the team. Yeah, the thing is with Miller is he had his shot already. You know, we saw what – Whenever we, we, we draft these rookies, we're always thinking, oh, what if one guy goes out for the season, right? What if, you know, Mike Williams is out, we get Quentin Johnson, we expect something from them. Mm-hmm. Kendra Miller, he had his shot when Kamara was suspended, when Jamal Williams was hurt. He didn't do much, right? 
I think they had some guy off the street, Tony Jones. Tony Jones, yep. Yeah, so so let's say, you know, the Saints, they've lost a few in a row. They have a late bye. They continue losing. Do they throw Kendra Miller out there again? They might. They might. They want to see what's going on, right? They drafted this rookie pretty high. Um, I believe he was a third-round draft pick. Yeah, it sounds right. And um, they want to know what they have in him because they might invest another high pick in a running back next year. Thing with Kamara, he's getting the most high value touches out of any running back in the league. So he's getting all these dump offs, right? And he's not doing a lot with them, but he's still getting what 15, um, 15, 15 uh, uh, receptions. Tart, tart, tart. Well, target. I mean, yeah. It, that's what's crazy to me is I was, I was joking around about um, who was I talking to about this? It might have been uh ch herms from from draft sharks and we were talking about this on yeah because the saints played thursday night and we were doing a show during that game and i i was joking around i'm like well um you know camara could have another good game tonight but he's not catching 13 balls well he right. did it he caught 12 <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like it's it's crazy what he's doing right now and we're loving it for fantasy owners it's not the greatest representation of mm. you know of of real life football uh, because the, the stuff that he is doing is great for fantasy, but not that great for real life. But I think you make a good point here, too. Like, like we maybe Kendra Miller got his shot for 2023, and we'll see him compete again in 2024 if, you know, the status quo remains with Kamara and Williams ahead of him on the depth chart, which certainly could happen uh, as well. Uh, we had a question from the YouTube. I'm not going to um, try to pronounce this name. Uh, maybe I could try. Street. Srikanth Reddy Nanga, I'm guessing. I could be wrong. Sorry if I butchered it. Uh, DeMar, De Marcado, Devin Singletary, Pierre Strong, does anyone stand out to you in this group? I'm going to tell you right now that the, the first two guys kind of do, Ray. I think Singletary is, is slept on because the Texans were on by this past week, but he was heavily involved in, in that uh, game plan the week before. And Amari De Marcado, um, I don't know what happened last week, but the week before that and this week, he looked pretty good in Arizona. We don't know exactly what the status is with Connor as well. I like the first two guys better than the third guy. Your thoughts? Yeah. Um, does anyone stand out? I'm trying to think what uh, Reddy Nanga means by that. Does he mean? Like maybe as, as just like a, a last guy on your bench. Like if he's just looking to pick up, um, okay. like utilize your last spot on one of these three. Play Let's frame it that way. If you right. have only one spot in your roster, which one of these three guys would you pick up? Right. Yeah. In terms of priority, I think mm -hmm. I would go with Singletary, DeMarcado, and then Strong. Because I, I don't know what it is, but um, the thing is, the thing with Houston is that they have such a strong passing game, right? Mm -hmm. That they don't need to rely on the run. But we know that uh, Damian Pierce is not who we thought he was. No, we thought he, he might he might be dominating in touches. He's not. He, he's basically like a one A one B, and Singletary might actually be the one A there now, right? Yeah. Changing of the guard, like you said. Mm -hmm. So, and this might last the entire season. Demarcado, we might have Connor coming back in two games, right? Potentially, strong, yes. Yeah, strong. Um, you know, we have Ford coming back in a week or two, probably. It could be longer. It could be longer. But yeah. if, if you're just prioritizing it. I would definitely go. Yeah, he's just stashing. So I would definitely go Singletary, be Marcado, and then Strong. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, that's how I would rank them uh, as well. I, again, you know, you want to keep as many of these injury away type running backs on your roster. So that's actually a really smart idea too, um, because you may only get one or two weeks out of use out of these guys, maybe none, but optimally, maybe you get, you know, um, a week or two where these guys are touching the ball 15 to 20 times and all of a sudden they become flexible in the FFPC or whatever fantasy league you are playing in. Um, rookie receivers, let's get into it, Ray. No DK Metcalf for the Seahawks this past week against the Cardinals, which means Jackson Smith and Jigba got a lot more action, ran more routes, got more snaps. Did we get a taste of what's to come for him in the second half of the season? Or do you view Smith and Jigba as a guy that you can only feel good about starting if Metcalf or Lockett were to miss uh, were, were to miss a game? You know, I was just um... – I told you I was going for a run before this, right? I'm, I'm doing my marathon training. So I come back and I get an email from uh, Ben Gretsch. So I got a, he has one of the best newsletters out there. It's so concise. And he says, you know, he's breaking it down. JSN, 80% routes for two weeks in a row, right? And we have it where Jake Bobo just took the role of DK Metcalf on the outside. So Bobo is a handcuff for DK Metcalf. He's actually worth something. He, did you see that catch? He had an amazing catch. Okay. JSN, still only five targets, I believe. One bad drop. Okay. But he had that wide open touchdown. I know with all the ESPN metrics, he's way down there. People are trying to crush him, right? Mm -hmm. And he looks kind of crushed. If you look at his um, demeanor, he's trying a little bit too hard. Everyone is trying to pump him up. Pete Carroll, um, DK Metcalf, you know, he, he calls them the vets, right? And he calls the rookies the pups. So apparently there is this hierarchy there in Seattle. Okay, they're giving the pups a chance to be starters, and they are being starters. They're just like, it's like they do tight end there in Seattle, um, you know, by committee. They might do a wide receiver by committee, but they drafted this guy in the first round. They're going to give him a shot. So I do think JSN is someone that you have to be excited about. I think that he, his role can grow even more. He's going to earn more targets as he becomes more confident as the, as the um, every week goes by. No, I think the other thing to keep in mind, this isn't just fantasy, but like just real life. Like uh, a lot of times we say, uh, and this is true of football, baseball, basketball, hockey, whatever. A lot of times you will see a player drafted high, or you will see a player sign a big, um, uh, big money contract. And, so, and and then they, if they're underperforming, I think to the naked eye, we just assume, oh, this guy got his money. Now he's just going through the motions. I think a lot of times is when you get that money or when you get that drafted that high, you want to show to everybody that you are worth that pick. You are worth that money. And sometimes I think that creates pressing. And if you start pressing, um, you start over overdoing things and trying too hard instead of letting you know, your natural ability and, and just muscle uh, memory take over. And that might be what's going on a little bit with Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's getting the chances. I, I, I'm with you. I think he gets more chances as the season goes on. Um, interesting thing about Bobo, we'll, we'll credit Ben Gretsch for that. Fantastic stuff. And I think that's something that a name that we need to be paying attention to on the waiver wire uh, for this week at a minimum. Now, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I'm still a believer in. Quentin Johnston, different story here, Ray. Um, I, I know you drafted him in a bunch of leagues. I drafted him in a few, um, and, and I'm kind of at a loss. I, I thought he would be better than this, especially with the Mike Williams injury. What, what's wrong with him in your eyes? 
he might just be a bust. Like I hate to really just say it. Like like you can see my ownership percentages, right? And I had JSN maybe he was my top guy for sure, like at over sixty percent. But I had Johnston up there over forty percent, and I started dropping him last week. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, if if he goes off, he goes off. But this guy is not even earning targets. Mm-hmm. They're not even looking for him, right? Okay, so Mike Williams is out. Josh Palmer is the next guy up. Okay, Josh Palmer's there. They want to get um, Johnston involved. After the bye, nothing's going on. You know, right. last last week he gets two targets and everybody's like, okay, we see a little glimmer of hope. Well, you can give it one more week because they're playing Chicago. I think after this week, if he does nothing, you have to let him go. Um. We touched on this at the early part of the show. I'm trying to think who we were talking about. I think we were talking about the the Browns running backs, right? Um, it's weird to think about this from a fantasy standpoint when you consider where you drafted Johnston, where the Chargers drafted Johnston, um, and you think about dropping him in favor of a guy like Pierre Strong. Mm-hmm. But to your point, we've already seen one injury on the Chargers. You would think Johnston would step up. He hasn't. We are seeing multiple injuries with a lot of running backs, no different than any other year, Ray. Like Pierre Strong might be a better use of that roster spot when you're trying to make the championship round of the FFPC main event or the Fantasy Pros Championship than Quentin Johnston. Again, it's weird, but I think, you know, we're coming into week eight here, man. Like we got to start thinking about shedding dead weight. And you've already done that with Johnston in, in several of your leagues. I think so. Like you said, you know, what is it? We only have a few games left in the regular season. This isn't best ball, right? We're not preseason anymore. Wherever you drafted the guy, it doesn't really matter anymore. It's how they perform on your roster. You have like only a few decisions to make. You either put him in your starting lineup or you leave him on the bench. You either drop him or you keep him there. And you don't feel confident starting him. What are you going to keep him there for? Yeah. He's not even earning targets. That's the thing. His own team doesn't think that much of him. His own quarterback is not really looking for him that much, right? And and Keenan Allen is such a target hog. And what what did we see from Palmer this past week? 130-some receiving right. yards, five catch. I mean, like, and what did Johnston get? Maybe one catch? He either got one catch or one target. I can't remember which. Maybe it was both, one catch and one target. But it wasn't good. Uh, so yeah. I think we can do better than, than Quentin Johnston. I'll tell you another player that I – and I, I didn't draft him – this past season, this past drafting season, I didn't get Jahan Dotson on a ton of teams, not because I wasn't a believer in what he could do, Ray, but like, and you saw this too, because you drafted a bunch of teams. That guy kept going higher and higher and higher. Like as, as we got, I mean, like at the end of drafting season in early September, I mean, I feel like the guy was going in like the fifth round or something, something insane like that on, on a team that already had Terry McLaurin and Sam Howell throwing to him. Um, he went against against a bad Giants defense this past week. Five catches, 43 yards. Now, I know that there are people out there that will tell you that Howell just it's, – it's been Howell's fault. Like, Dotson has um, been in the right situation. He's been in the right spot. Howell couldn't get him the ball. Well, that may be the case, but we have to care about that as fantasy owners, right? We have to care about – not only how good the receiver is, how good the quarterback is throwing to him. Um, Dotson is is a guy that that you know outside of maybe one week has been extraordinarily frustrating to start. Is he still worth rostering at this point? Are we putting him at that Quentin Johnston level, or is he not quite there yet? He was at that Quentin Johnston level last week when he drew, I believe, zero targets. 
I put him in, I believe, you know, above like let's say Josh Downs, something like that. And he does nothing, right? I'm thinking, do I drop this guy? And I have co-managers on some of these teams. They definitely wanted to drop him since maybe week three. They're frustrated with this guy. And I said, no, let's keep him on because McLaurin is hurt. And we have the roster spot for him for now. He comes back with this game. I think we can be kind of encouraged because we look at it, right? It's going to be McLaurin. He's the clear alpha. And then you have who people thought was maybe the wide receiver two in Curtis Samuel. Every year he does this. Curtis Samuel is a very steady guy, but we have seen a ceiling, I believe. Dotson, we don't really know what that ceiling is, and he makes these amazing grabs sometimes, especially that one in preseason. I think we can have a little bit more patience given that he, sh he showed us what he can, you know, at least draw eight targets, which is very tied for second on his own team. That team is only McLaurin, Samuel, Dotson, and Logan Thomas, besides the running backs, right? Yeah. They're not even running the ball that well anymore. I think they're losing confidence in Brian Robinson. Um, they're starting the other kid, uh, that other kid, Chris Rodriguez, I believe. Mm -hmm. He's getting touches in every quarter now, right? And they still have Antonio Gibson. I think they're going to throw the ball, especially this week against um, the Eagles, I believe. Yeah. They're going to, you know, presumably they'll be coming from behind, right? There's going to be some garbage time yards. I would, if you're desperate, I wouldn't mind flexing out some of those guys, those four guys that I mentioned. The game against the Eagles is in D.C. Eagles are six-and-a-half-point favorites in that game. So, yeah, you would think that Sam Howell will be chucking the ball at least at the end of the fourth quarter, and maybe uh, stuff happens for Dotson in that game. So we'll see on that. Uh, you're encouraged. I, I think, like, it, it would have been an absolute disaster if Dotson would have come up with like a two for 11 yards, something like that, five for 43 at least is somewhat palatable. Again, I know it's a bad defense, but <clears throat> excuse me, quite frankly, the Giants showed up defensively that game and Dotson still churned that out. So there is something there yet. Especially um, that last play of the game. They yes. won Dotson, right? The pass yes. was thrown a little bit behind him. He couldn't hang on to it. He was so distraught, but they're looking for him. Right. You want to see that. And they, I think they'll go back to him because, I mean, Howell can throw it 50 times a game. Right. And and was it – what game was it, Ray? It was a couple of weeks ago. Um, was that the Eagles where – I think it was the Eagles where the, the commanders tied it up um, on the last play of regulation, setting it into overtime, and, and the Eagles ended up winning. But that was a touchdown to Dotson. I mean, that's yeah. who they were looking for with the game on the line. So there is something to be said for that as well. Um, shifting the tight ends here, um, I, I was – when Devontae Adams was battling this, this shoulder issue and – and um, we were kind of seeing Michael Mayer worked into the game plan early on in, in consecutive games, quite frankly, both against the Packers and against Chicago this past week. Uh, he didn't end up with big stat lines. Um, and and I, I think that the opportunity has been there for Mayer. Um, I, I shouldn't say that. I think the opportunity has been there for the Raiders to get Mayer involved. And for whatever reason, it hasn't happened. Are we going to have to wait until 2024 to see any kind of impact on this guy? Um, and and I think I'll frame this by saying, like, if you have the opportunity to get a backup or a third string running back, um, even in the FFPC tight end premium, would you be willing to drop Michael Mayer to make it happen with one of these running backs? I would not because he, like we said, you know, preseason, we don't know what these guys can bring. We don't know what the game plan is with these teams. Not this past week, because I believe Devontae Adams 
had his squeaky wheel treatment mm-hmm. and um jacoby myers is just he always gets targets right i think the previous two weeks we have seen what mayor can do they've been trying to get him involved okay jacobs actually made a really nice catch last last week mm-hmm. okay so they're using him in the past game as well but i believe they want to concentrate it around those four guys when i was drafting you know it was a dumb move that i didn't get a little bit of exposure to Vonde adams but i thought it might be because they brought in myers and um mayor with the first round draft pick right and back then jacobs was holding out okay mm-hmm. right so we take these shots on these guys everyone dropped mayor i believe because he did nothing he did nothing for like the past you know the first month or so and you get discouraged you just drop him for the next hot guy now we've seen something out of him right he's been able he's also someone who might be trying a little bit too hard yeah but we saw um two out of the last three weeks he's shown promise i would definitely try to keep him and i would you might you might be able to use him this year these these rookies are funny and like we've talked a lot a lot of rookies on the show tonight like smith and jigba johnston and, and now mayor um i i always feel like a lot of times they get pushed up because they are the mystery box. They are the unknown. We don't know what their upside is. And I think high stakes players will push them up the boards to try to, you know, cash in on, on the unknown. Right. But more often than not, and you know, this Ray. I mean, the, the rookies don't always hit their rookie year. Um, and sometimes they get dropped, but then I feel like that second half of the season, we talk about a rookie wall in, in the NBA, especially always oh, hit the rookie wall. You know what? I think like it's the opposite is true in the NFL. I think the the opposite normally happens when you have a rookie that once he gets his feet wet, once he gets going, um, you know, Rasul Douglas was just saying this the other day, the cornerback for the Packers was saying, um, you know, five, six games, that's enough. You're, you're not a rookie anymore. You're not young anymore. And and I think that could be the case with a lot of these guys. Smith and Jigba, Michael Mayer. Um, we're already seeing it with Jordan Addison, right? Obviously with, with uh, the no Justin Jefferson in the lineup. Um, we're seeing Zay and Zay Flowers has been great all, all season. Um, but we're seeing these these surges now. And I think we're going to see a surge um, in uh, in these rookies too. I think you could make the case that Musgrave, if he can stay on the field, is in for a big second half as well. Mayor Laporta is obviously already having it. And Dalton Kincaid, 8 for 85 this week. He could be another guy that's really coming into his own uh, in Buffalo too. Eric, um, let's not forget, you know, w- with these, we have so high expectations for these rookies. Now. Yes. You know, we're so impatient. You know, we have to think about this. We're looking at information. We're looking at all these things. Everybody's expecting, you know, fast results, right? Mm-hmm. Diet plans, whatever. Some of these, back then it used to be fourth year breakout for wide receiver, third year breakout for wide receiver. We're expecting these rookie tight ends to pick up the playbook, <laughs> make all these blocks, and produced by week eight i'm not sure about that whatever he's producing these guys are already doing really well some of these guys are already doing really well so have a little bit more patience i would say i i, I think you're right too and then the other thing too right and you play dynasty so you'll get this like we have the the rookie fever right after all those dynasty rookie drafts are over with like we're drafting our redraft teams and like we we bump these rookies up higher and it's just like we can't help ourselves right and it doesn't always work out that way, but you make a good point that to, I know you can't always practice patience with everybody, but for sure some of these rookie tight ends and and uh, some of these rookie receivers we talked about, patience, 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 if you can make it happen. The waiver wire in the FFPC and the KFFSC will run tomorrow evening, Ray. I don't know if you've taken a look at it. 
who are some of your targets going to be uh, to pick up on your squad for the Bylas Week Eight? Um, Thursday night game is Tampa Bay, and uh, who are they playing? You know, Ta- yeah, it's Tampa and uh, Buffalo. Okay, yeah, Tampa and Buffalo. So Buffalo had some injuries on the um, defensive side of the ball. And I saw that Godwin has a questionable tag with a neck injury, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he practiced. But, I'm going uh, to look that up right now. Okay. But I would say Trey Palmer. Definitely someone you can take a peek at. You know, that last week of the draft season, we always want to take a peek at these uh, Chiefs wide receivers, right? We didn't know who it might be. Rashi Rice went a little bit higher, okay? But, you know, Justin Ross or um, Richie James, all these guys, we would just take last-round flyers on these guys because we didn't know. Trey Palmer is someone you can take a flyer on this week. If he does nothing, he shows nothing on Thursday, just drop him for someone else. I would say he's someone you want to look at for the, the first waiver run. For really um, cheap, yeah. Yeah, for, uh, for sure. And I'm and the, so the Godwin thing, I'm looking for the practice report today. But we, um, we have um, uh, an estimation from yesterday. Neck injury, DNP. Um, here we go. Uh, he is officially limited at, uh, limited in practice today. So that's good that he's getting in a limited practice on Tuesday. Um, I don't know. what What's the – I should know this, Ray. Maybe you don't even know. what is it just a walkthrough that they have tomorrow prior to the game? I, I can't believe that they're going to go through a, another another practice tomorrow, right? It might be a walkthrough, you're right. Well, okay. So that might be the best we get. But to your point, Like, you can figure this out on Thursday if you acquire Trey Palmer Mm -hmm. on Wednesday night. So that's, that's you know, the more you know. If you know, you know. Um, So I like the Trey Palmer call. We we talked a a little bit uh, about um, the Pierre Strong aspect uh, early in the program as well. Let's get into uh, the final question here for you, Ray. Um, A sleeper that, and I don't want to say a a conventional sleeper, but a player that you don't think a lot of people in the FFPC are going to be starting in week eight that you think should be in there. And then a player that um, a lot of people just assume he's a must-start guy, but you're kind of like slow your roll player. Maybe you should not be starting this player in in week eight. Do you have a couple of those players for us? Um, the first question was uh, who do I think might be a start? I was looking at it. You know, on Tuesdays I always look at my rosters mm-hmm. just to see what I need. Right? It, it you have you have only a few days to process all this information that we get on Sunday and Monday. So on Tuesday, I try to see who I might start, who I feel comfortable with. That last two flex spots in FFPC, I was looking at it. I think one team, I have JSN, I have Zach Moss, and I have uh, Chuba Hubbard. Okay, so I believe over the bye week, Carolina just had their bye week, and I think um, they changed the play caller on the offensive side of the ball. And I believe they're zero and six, right? They're 0 and six yep, winless correct. on the season. Yes. And Hubbard had a very good game. He had like 19 carries for what was it, 88 yards and a touchdown on the week before the bye when Miles Sanders was hurt. Now they're saying, okay, we always get this coach speak. Miles Sanders is our guy. We're going to go back to him. Whenever you hear that, it's definitely like, at least for me, it's always like, okay, they're trying to pump the guy up. Or we don't know what's going on, but it's like, okay, let's not forget we still have this guy on our roster. Mm-hmm. But Hubbard, I think, showed enough that he might be the lead back now with Miles Sanders being the change of pace. So I would say out of those three, at least, trying to give some context to it, I would start Hubbard over Moss and JSN. 
I'm looking at, I'm trying to find it here um, uh, for what Hubbard did. This was against the Dolphins in week six, the last time Carolina played. Um, and Hubbard, you're spot on, 19 for 88 on the ground. He also had a touchdown. He uh, he had um, one target. He caught it for two yards. I don't know if 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 you know if if pass catching is going to figure into this um, at all. You know the thing is that like Bryce Young, all that guy does is look for Adam Thielen out there. Like right. that's you know it's so tough to find a second uh, pass catcher um, for for Carolina. But yeah, I mean the, the, I think the Hubbard call is interesting, and it's definitely something that not a lot of people will be doing. A lot of people will have Miles Sanders on their roster. And be able to like you know just I'll check the box I'll, I'll move him to starting because he's back he's playing not necessarily a great start great call there Ray we so, we shall see on on how it turns out what about a player uh, that you are re- I guess Miles Sanders could qualify as this as a player eh, maybe you don't want to start him in week eight what about um, what about another player that uh, that you're a little bit nervous about this weekend well, I'm nervous about Miami going uh, I'm not sure if it's at New England. But they're definitely playing New England, right? And Tua had only like he had his most underwhelming game all year. Um, it is in, getting... it's, it's in Miami. Uh, okay. That game is, yeah. But I'm getting I'm getting pretty bad vibes there. I, I think I think the Patriots might have figured out something. That that kid Pop Douglas, the Mario Douglas. You were talking about like you know deep league uh, mm-hmm. waiver wire ads. I think we definitely have to look at him. Yes, seventy percent you know routes or something. They're they're definitely looking for a weapon outside with Bourne, right? But, yeah. you know, Belichick, one of the best uh, minds of the game. Last week, we had that breaking news, right, that he had some kind of extension over the summer that we only found out about just now. And it's like, okay, maybe Belichick is washed. Like, maybe he has this thing with Kraft that he doesn't want him in there anymore. But he's still one of the best coaches around. He's like, um, I think he's going to figure out a game plan to maybe eliminate the best option, which is Tyreek Hill, or at right. least try to disrupt that okay so then you know i know miami has tons of options you have a great run game with most dirt there mm-hmm. and then um you still have uh, jalen waddle he hasn't been that great this year you know he's been kind of underwhelming and uh, I, I, I think part of it has been that running game has been better than than a lot of us ex- as has sure. ha- expected and as a result you know, somebody had to underwhelm and it just, and I wouldn't say Waddle's been like underwhelming, like he's still producing, but I think where people took him in drafts, you were hoping for more for sure. Yeah, I think so. Um, anyway, I think that game is going to be closer than we expect. I think the Patriots are trying to just, you know, win it with the running game and uh, ball control. So I would definitely look at your um, Dolphins. You're not going to sit Tyreek Hill. I'm not going to, personally, I'm not going to sit Waddle, but on some teams where I have like, Tua and um, who did you say Seattle was playing? They're playing uh, Cleveland. Cleveland. Right? Yep. Yeah. There's there's no way I'm starting Geno Smith over um, Tua, but uh, Tua Tua I've seen he's he's ranked like fifth or sixth in the ECR on uh-huh. Fantasy Pros. I'm not sure he should be ranked that high. I, I personally am a little bit worried about that game. You know, and and when we when we look at um, you know other players that. Other quarterbacks that you could have on your roster, you know, besides Tunga Bailoa, I mean, Jared Goff, Mm -hmm. that's a guy that you could easily have both Goff and and Tunga Bailoa. That might be a tough call. Uh, Mm -hmm. CJ Stroud is coming off the bye. I mean, you're you're looking at him playing against the only team without a win in the NFL in Carolina. 
that that's another guy that you'd consider there. Brock Purdy. I know Purdy didn't look all that great last night, but against Cincinnati, but those are all players that you could have on your roster with Tunga Bailoa. And you might want to take a, a hard look at that and make sure that if Tunga Bailoa is your guy, you want to feel good about it. And I know you don't feel great about it right now. So that's something that we'll be paying attention. It's, it's Tuesday, right? I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. so difficult to, to, um, to, to make any wide street sweeping generalizations about week eight, but you have done, uh, yeoman's work here tonight. Fantastic stuff. Uh, got me thinking on a lot of things too, which I always appreciate. We will continue to follow you on the X at Chung knows, and, uh, we will continue to probably see you near the top of the leaderboards in the main event and the fantasy pros championship. I hope the ball bounces your way this week. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. I always enjoy talking ball with you. Uh, be good. And we'll talk with you again real soon. Thanks a lot, Balky. I'll see you soon, all right? You got it. That's Ray Chung, ladies and gentlemen. 17-time FFPC league winner. Follow him on the X at Chung Knows. That will complete this week's Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. I want to thank Ray Chung. I want to thank the FFPC, uh, everybody who makes this program possible. Uh, we will return again next Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, excuse me, High Stakes Fantasy Football Show. We'll be live on this channel, 7 o'clock Eastern until 9 o'clock on Thursday night, taking you right into that Buccaneers-Bills game uh, on the Better Sports Network. It'll be myself and Fantasy Football uh, fantasy football Today's Doug Orth uh, for the full two hours. Doug's a great guy. Always great time, time talking fantasy football with him as well. Uh, and then Friday night, High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour live at nine. Excuse me, 10 p.m. Eastern time with myself and the KFFSC Commissioner Farrell Elliott. We're going to be talking with Brad Witten, the guy who was in fourth place in the FFPC main event heading into week seven. I haven't checked to see where he is. I should have checked before the show tonight, but I forgot. But he was in fourth place heading into week seven. He's still near the top of the leaderboard in that chase for a $1 million grand prize. If you do want to keep playing fantasy football, go to myffpc.com, myffpc.com, play in the FFPC weekly challenge. There's no draft. There's no salary cap. Just choose the 10 players you want if you want to play without kickers and defenses or 12 players if you want to play the classic style with kickers and defenses. Only one player per team. You can have anybody you want, but you can't stack. Just pick them. Make sure they're locked in before 1 p.m. on Sunday and then enjoy the rest of the weekend. Uh, Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment, share, and get notified anytime we go live, which, again, will be Thursday night at 7 and Friday night at 10 and then back again Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Thanks so much for watching, everybody. Really appreciate you hanging out with us on this Tuesday night. And I also appreciate that uh, a lot of you are already working on start sits and waivers uh, already and and placing your fab bids. So make sure uh, that uh, you're getting that done. Thanks for taking a break from it to watch the show tonight. Thanks to Ray Chung, and uh, thanks to all of you. Thank you so much for watching. We will do this again on Tuesday. Appreciate you all, everybody, and may the ball bounce your way in week eight.